At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSEN, the sports betting network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the program. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard. I'm your host from Las Vegas. Your other host is on the East Coast out in Boston. It's Josh Applebaum. Good afternoon, Josh. Good afternoon, Pritch. Happy Thursday. Big, big day today, Pritch. Yes. We got bowl games all day. We got college basketball, big NBA. Maybe we can fit in some NHL at the end. Made my first NFL bet of the week. We've been talking <laughs> about how, hey, waiting later in the week. You don't want to have a surprise COVID kind of screw up your bet. But there's one that's moving that I kind of like. So we'll get to that later. Then, of course, Mark Zeno, our buddy's going to join. That's right. Uh, talk about some college football bowl games. So, uh, Pritch, I- I'm excited. Although, did you see uh, uh, the coach there who got dumped with the uh, the mayonnaise? Disgusting. Even if I win, don't give me the mayonnaise dump. That's That's gross. I know. Shouldn't it be the losing team that gets dumped with the mayo? Uh, I mean, the winning team gets to dump with the, with the mayo, but he also got clocked upside the head too. So not only a mayo bath, but uh, okay, a concussion with it as well. Uh, as, as you win uh, that bowl right there, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Yeah, and I'd rather take the Cheez-Its on the head. You know? At least <laughs> yeah. you get a little sprinkle, but a little bit easier. Sure. Uh, but Pritch, I... I would say one thing surprising today. I mean, you had a lot of movement mm-hmm. uh, toward UNC here. You know, some of these shops, you know, open as low as I think like laying five, laying seven, uh, get all the way up to around 12 or 13. So late movement to UNC. You had opt outs for South Carolina. Didn't matter. Uh, anyone who took the over there is pretty happy. You had a late field goal to send that over. But now this year, Pritch, uh, 16 and nine to the over in these bowl games. Mm-hmm. And this is your first dog that barked in quite a bit going into today. Favorites are on a 14 and four ATS run here. So uh, favorites, three and oh, ATS yesterday you get a dog that hits you today and gets you a win finally but overall it's been a lot of chalk favorites a lot of chalk overs but again south carolina your first dog in a while to, to finally bark okay we're about uh, three minutes away from the uh, trans perfect music city bowl uh josh applebaum we got tennessee purdue do you have a play on this one we got tennessee so laying a- seven and a half Yeah, I laid the points with Tennessee, Pritch. You know, again, this time of year, I don't love laying, uh, you know, money lines Mm -hmm. or uh, big money lines or big spreads here. I lean on a lot of dogs. But uh, to me, this was all about the opt-outs. You know, you had Tennessee at some shops open getting three or just laying three. But either way, with big opt-outs to Purdue, their top wide receiver, David Bell, their number one defensive player, George Karloftis. You saw this move uh, really similar to Oklahoma last night, Pritch, where, you know, Oregon had opt-outs and you had Oklahoma tick up all the way to, you know, laying seven, seven and a half. So very similar move here to Tennessee. Uh, and really, I think with Hypel, Michael Lombardi mentioned this earlier, but a guy who's going to take this game seriously versus a lot of guys out for Purdue. And offensively, you're really leaning on Tennessee to put up a lot of points today. They're averaging almost 40 points a game. Purdue, when they're healthy, only averaging 27. Now you're down a bunch of big opt-outs. I laid it with Tennessee. Don't I'm, I'm a little wary, Pritch. I think they're getting like 70% of bets, okay. 80% of money. You're with the uh, public. But to me... I'm with the public, so that scares me, Pritch. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's okay, though, at times. I mean, I think Lombardi uh, made a great point. Uh, Josh Heupel, um, he has created excitement and enthusiasm for the program. Uh, his first year as a head coach uh, there at Tennessee, they go to a bowl game. And that's what it's going to take. I mean, we, this is a typical Big Ten, SEC, middle of the pack, both teams within those conferences. It's that typical matchup we see each and every year in the bowl season. So uh, it's close to home for Tennessee. Purdue opt-outs, like you mentioned, uh, clearly to me, 
uh, it points to the motivation on the side of the volunteers. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Pritch. And again, kind of looking at last night, you know, takeaways from different bowl games. Anyone who moneyline Clemson, that was a play that I was on yesterday. Uh, obviously, you had the big opt-out to Brees Hall here. So uh, it's not going to be perfect every single time. Like, obviously, it didn't work with North Carolina, who had a late move and South Carolina had opt-outs. Mm -hmm. I think this time of year, Pritch, if you can identify which team is more motivated, which team has healthier players, who it means more to, and bet against the team teams with opt-outs, to me, that's kind of the way to go this time of year. And I'd also say, you know, dealing with all these opt-outs, Pritch, let's get rid of, you know, again, I love all the bowl games. We can still have a few of them, but let's expand the college football playoff because when you're, if you're in the playoff, yeah. it's a 16-team playoff or whatever it may be, no one's going to opt out for those games. And I think as betters, that would be much more, uh, much easier for us to cap games if we know who's going to play and it means everything, it means important uh, thing to everybody, basically. And plus, I'm happy that these schools are getting to the finish line. I mean, we're going to get this kickoff here. Uh, I, I think you cross <laughs> your fingers because of COVID and, you know, UCLA and other schools like that. And uh, we're, we're happy that these schools are getting to the finish line, meaning uh, they're actually arriving for kickoff. So speaking of that, looking ahead, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, this could be an interesting bowl game situation here, Josh Applebaum. We're looking at Pitt. Uh, they're all, you're catching three and a half points, right? Uh, Michigan State, uh, Mel Tucker, opt-outs for Walker the third on that side and then uh, Pickett on the side of Pitt. But Pitt, man, they put together a great year this year. 11-2 uh, record, Michigan State 10-2 record, two surprised a lot of people. Uh, what do you think of this game, though? Like I mentioned, Michigan State laying three and a half at, uh, in this game, Peach Bowl, uh, 55 and a half is the total. Yeah, huge line move here toward Michigan State, Pritch. You know, you open Pittsburgh laying three, flip all the way to Michigan State now, minus three and a half. The big reason for that move was obviously Kenny Pickett, star quarterback, should be a first-round pick. He's not going to play in this game. And also, it's not just, uh, you know, Pickett. And I think the public, they feel like it's kind of even, like no Pickett, for Pitt and then no Walker for Michigan State. So let's just take the dog here. But I like this movement toward Michigan State. It, it's kind of telling you that, you know, uh, as good as Walker is, it's it's easier to maybe next man up your running back than it is your star quarterback. So with this move toward Michigan State, I ended up money lining them, Pritch. Uh, I took them around minus 165 on the money line. It's a little high, mm -hmm. but I just was wary of, you know, getting the worst of the number and, and laying three and a half. And maybe they win by three in a tight game here. Uh, but really, Mel Tucker, uh, you know, a guy who just signed that 10 year deal, you talk about motivation. He's not going anywhere you want to get this program in the right direction winning bowl games helping recruiting so i think the motivation is definitely on sparty here and uh, also the offensive coordinator mark whipple for pitt it's not only that you're down your star qb but you don't have your play caller either he's going to go be the oc at nebraska so you add it all up i'm going to bet against uh the picket list uh pittsburgh uh, squad here pritch <laughs> money lined uh michigan state around minus 165 okay because i was looking at the other side i'm i was eyeing pittsburgh uh, I, I like this program i really i was recruited by i took a trip recruiting trip to university of pittsburgh uh craig ironhead hayward was my host imagine that trip uh, that was outstanding <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I like the history, and I also like the way and the direction that this program's going in. Uh, Patty's going to play quarterback, Nick Patty. He's been there for a while. He's quarterback back in 2019. Uh, but that defense for Pittsburgh, too, though, Josh, I mean, they smother you. They get after you. Michigan State, uh, they don't have the quality depth, and that, I think that cost them this year for sure, right? Uh, and they don't have a lot of options outside of Walker. And I wonder who they're going to go to. Uh, you speak of motivation for Mel Tucker. Absolutely. Mel Tucker wants to recruit that area around Atlanta. He, he coached at Georgia. Uh, he knows that area. He's down there to recruit, in my estimation. And then on top of that, Pittsburgh is as well. Uh, and they got some great players. This Addison guy, this Jordan Addison, uh, he's the Blitnikoff Award winner, Josh. Uh, he's outstanding at there, out there as receiver for Pitt. 
Yeah, and one thing you mentioned, Pritch, uh, the smothering defense of Pitt, who, again, your opt-outs are really on the offensive side. Mm -hmm. But one thing we did see with Pickett not playing is a huge steam move to the under. You know, a lot of these books open around 63 as a total, kind of a high number there. It's all the way down to around 55 and a half, 56. So you've seen a lot of movement to the under at BetMGM. 58% uh, of bets and 60% of the money is on the under. Now, again, sweating these unders is tough during bowl games. You saw this one earlier. Imagine if you had the under there, Pritch, in North Carolina, South Carolina, mm -hmm. and a, kind of a quote-unquote meaningless field goal there gives you the over or kills your under. So, again, we've seen overs now 15-9. and nine. This does look like a game where maybe missing your star quarterback, missing your star running back, we get a maybe a lower-scoring spot here. Now, it's tough to get under 55.5 when it opens 63.5. You're not getting the best of the number. Uh, but to your point, um, you know, I like Michigan State here. It's kind yeah. of one of those plays almost like Clemson uh, where, hey, it's like don't outsmart yourself too much, bet against the team missing their best player. But we'll see. A good program, next man up. Uh, to me, I'm more confident, kind of like yesterday with Clemson, laying the money line here at Michigan State. Yeah, I know. I have shades of uh, Ohio State and Michigan State, and Ohio State just throwing the ball. And this Addison kid, again, 1,500, almost 1,500 yards, average about 16 yards per reception too. Uh, can Michigan State deal with that and, and cover this guy and prevent uh, Pittsburgh from going up and down the field in this matchup? It's go I think it's going to be one of those great games uh, that we get in the bowl season. How about the Las Vegas Bowl? Wisconsin, who travels well, maybe? Uh, and then Arizona State, right down the road here for us uh, in this matchup, Josh. I, I mean, uh, you, you know, it's a big bowl game here in Las Vegas. I, I think both schools are happy to be here. I mean, Wisconsin, they, they love a trip to Vegas over the years. Uh, they're laying seven and a half. Arizona State has had a dark cloud over that program since the beginning of the year with the NCAA allegations. So uh, there you go. They're trying to cap off this season and move on to 2022. Yeah, so first off, Pritch, this is kind of a no bet for me. I'm going to wait this thing out until we get some uh, information late. And again, late movement is really, really critical. We talk about it all the time, but that's when the limits are raised. Big mm -hmm. bets come in. Perfect example yesterday was Maryland, Pritch. Before our show yesterday, you saw a huge move toward Maryland all the way up to minus four and a half. They end up rolling and winning by, what was it, 54 to something. Um, but this one here, it's a public play toward Wisconsin. 86% of bets, 84% of money. Wow. It's gone back and forth. You know, Pritch, a lot of these books were laying seven and a half down to seven. At one point, it got to six and a half early in the week. I said, hey, Arizona State's contrarian. They're getting some reverse line movement. Maybe they're a play plus the points. They would be a, a, you know, a dog getting seven or more in a low total game. That's always a good thing correlative betting wise. But now we're starting to see it come back toward Wisconsin. It's now minus seven. Looks like it may creep up to seven and a half. The one thing that uh, caught my eye, Pritch, is mm -hmm. the under. Uh, you're actually having a lot of betting on the over. It's just such a low number and all these overs are cashing. Okay. Yet it fell. Uh, 43 down to 42. So maybe get a tight game. I'd lean under, but this is a no play for me. I'm going to wait this thing out, see if we see a big move late. See, that's the insight I love, Josh Applebaum, because I'm just looking at the stats and then looking at style of play, too, between these two teams. Wisconsin ranks sixth in the nation in scoring defense, only allowing 16.4 points per game. Uh, on top of what you just said uh, about the line movement when it comes to the total. Yeah, and that's what you're looking for, trying to be, uh, you know, a lawyer and trying to line up all your evidence yeah, in the same right. direction and make you feel feel confident a bit. And, if, you know, if, if you've sweat Wisconsin games, this is their style of play. They're almost like Virginia in college basketball. Really mm -hmm. good defense, not much offense. So, again, it's ironic that you're having betting over, yet the total falling. Looks like some reverse line movement set under. Maybe we get a uh, low-scoring game in this Yeah, one. you also get great information here on the network on these shows, our shows. If you missed any of our shows or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. If you go to vcin.com slash podcast, you can also get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander. 
Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. You can download Hardwood Handicappers, Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are all free and available at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Off and rolling here on Betting Across America, when we continue the program, uh, we talk about one of the sharpest guys. We have him right here on the program when it comes to line movements, Josh Applebaum. Big line movements in the National Football League. That's coming up next. Everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID, open an account, and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel that you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. I'm presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host today. So, Josh, uh, I'm a big proponent of the tea leaves when it comes to what athletes have to say, coaches, for that matter, too. I think as betters, we can get a lot of useful information. We're going to talk about biggest line moves so far this week. We could see more, all the volatility that's out there. But I want you to hear these comments from Big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he's got a big game coming up uh, against the Cleveland Browns. Listen to what he has to say and see if you can read between the tea leaves on this one. You know what? I don't ever um, speak in definites or guarantees. That's just not what I've ever done or, or who I am. Um, but, you know, looking at the bigger picture, I would say that all signs are pointing to this, this could be it. Um, Regular season, that is. We, I know we still have a, a chance to potentially get a playoff game there if things fall our way and we take care of business and things have to happen. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, uh, in terms of regular seasons, um, signs are pointing that way. This could be it. Oh, boy. <laughs> that light at the end of the tunnel right there, right? I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you have to read between tea leaves. Um, it's like he's setting the stage for this big moment. Last home game of his career, perhaps, uh, out, you know, inside the regular season outside would be the postseason, as we know. Uh, and then on top of that, the big stage too, prime time. Uh, so we have Pittsburgh catching three and a half points now, Josh, 40 and a half to total. Uh, what do you make of this line now, this game, this situation with those comments from Big Ben? So I think, you know, we saw an indication that Big Ben's career may be coming to an end. And, you know, a lot of, you know, players like to keep it quiet. Some players will kind of <laughs> tell you what they're thinking here. So uh, with Big Ben in those comments, to me, it just solidifies that this could be it. Uh, you saw his family go to the, uh, the the game at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it wasn't a great, uh, great game to watch there. But I, I remember the commentator saying something like his family never goes to these games altogether. So I think this is kind of the end of the road for Big Ben, who's had a great career overall. And I think it's a good spot actually to buy low on Pittsburgh, Pritch. You know, both these teams, uh, you have Cleveland who's lost two straight, Pittsburgh who's lost two of their last three. 
But really the way the market is reacting is the market is kind of totally off the Big Ben bandwagon because he looks old. He's not playing well. It's just an easy bet against. The Cleveland Browns had a great cover there uh, against the uh, the Packers where no one gave him a chance and they almost won that game, kept it close. So we have the public all over the uh, the Browns here. Mm-hmm. And the look-ahead line, which Gamble and Lou does a great job of talking about, I mean, that was look-ahead Pittsburgh laying one and a half. Right. Now it slipped all the way to minus three, and we're seeing that those three and a half uh, pop up with the hook there toward the Browns. And anytime this line gets to minus three and a half Browns, it really gets juiced up toward the Pittsburgh side. So that kind of tells me that uh, the hook may not last there too long and it's not really trending up further to four. It may trend back down to three. So if you look at these uh, conference dogs, uh, plus seven or less this year, Pritch, 71 and 41 ATS, 63%. Mike Tomlin as a dog, five mm-hmm. and four ATS this year, 61 per, or 65% ATS in his career. And you also look at these primetime dogs. They've been a good bet pretty much all season long, around 57% ATS. So to me, I'll go contrarian. I'll take the primetime dog. I'm not going to bet this game because of the public narrative of it's Big Ben's last game and he's got to win and play well. Okay. To me, it's a value play in the division, getting a hook. Maybe the Browns win, but I like uh, the three and a half there with the Steelers. From a football player's perspective too, Josh, I mean, I'm going to input here because I, I think it's significant. When you mentioned the Steelers, they opened uh, minus uh, one and a half. Okay, now uh, the Browns are laying it. Uh, three here, uh, three and a half, some shops as well. So, uh, you know, Big Ben, he's been disconnected from the Steelers' offense all year long. Uh, they lose their offensive line coach. He goes to college, goes back to college right there, Oregon. Uh, and so that knowledge is out the window or out the door. And, okay, what are you going to do with your offensive line situation now? How is that going to improve, uh, right? So the narrative has kind of changed around Big Ben all year long. I think he's tired of it. I think he wants this season over with, to be honest with you. So I don't know if there's going to be any inspiration uh, if he's disconnected and these younger players aren't going to fight for him. Maybe they do. And maybe he's lobbying in the locker room and maybe he can band these guys together, these young players, uh, and they can give a great effort. But uh, I, I think the Cleveland Browns are going to be too much for that effort, though. Yes, hopefully they're too much, three points or less, Pritch, for my plus three and a half here. But uh, I'm with you. You know, Tomlin's a guy who we talk about being a dog and being a motivator. I mean, I think he's got to play this card. Do it for Big Ben. Mm. You know, win one for the Gipper here, Pritch. That's kind of a motivation that he's got to employ here and to his credit. And again, you're not really betting on Big Ben, you know, thrown for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Mm -hmm. I think you're betting on kind of what you saw earlier this year was a 15-10 game. Uh, I'd look toward the under maybe in this one. It opened around 41. It's down to 40 and a half. Maybe you still find a 41 there. But you got a good under referee. Maybe you have a little bit of win there in Pittsburgh. And the ref, Brad Allen, he's been pretty good to the under in his career, about 56%. And we do know these primetime unders, especially late season divisional unders have come come through. Maybe if you're not confident in the spread, you look toward an under in a late season divisional underplay. Okay, other big uh, line moves here too, Josh. Open 49ers uh, minus 15. Uh, They're minus 12 here uh, as we speak. Uh, You know, the thumb injury right there for Garoppolo, probably a reason for why that ball ball was not a spiral a lot of times in that game against Tennessee. Uh, Obviously, he was in some pain with that injury right there. What do you make of this line movement? So I pretty much thought, you know, Jimmy G wasn't going to play in this game. There's a report that he said that he's like, he's got a good chance or Mm -hmm. he could end up playing in this one. So we'll have to see how it develops, but really it's been all movement towards Houston and give Houston some credit. You know, they're four and 11 right now. They've won two in a row. Davis Mills has quietly been, you know, one of the best uh, rookie quarterbacks here last few weeks, Pritch. Yeah. I mean, we kind of dismissed this guy (laughs) and really he's played well. You can say that the stakes are low and these games don't really mean much when you have a terrible record, but he's kind of showing you something big wins against Jacksonville against the Chargers that really opened a lot of eyes you're a 13 point dog you win 41 29 so this game open a lot of these shops were 15 and a half 
for for the 49ers. It's all the way down to 12 and a half at mm-hmm. some shops. One angle that I like, Pritch, aside from these road dogs doing well this year, is when you're a double-digit favorite in the month of December. Uh, I guess this will be January now at this point, but late in the year when you're getting big points, uh, that's been pretty good historically. It's around 55% ATS. So I would lean on Houston plus the points here. Uh, and again, we'll see if Jimmy G can play or not. But I think Houston playing well, and that's a big number for for San Fran to cover. Okay, how about the game of the week? We got the Cowboys and the Cardinals. The Cowboys opened uh, minus two and a half now up to five and a half, actually six here at the South Point, uh, laying it uh, 51 and a half to total as well. Yeah, so Arizona, it was funny. They had a really sharp line move late against the Colts. Remember that was a game we talked about all week, Pritch, where mm-hmm. it was kind of Big move to the Colts. It went back toward Arizona. I think Sharps for the last time said, hey, uh, Cardinals, like the look at number was a good value play. And this is a team that you're really buying low on all these things we like to look for. And then what happens? They just don't come through for you again. So cards are in a really tough spot. And Kingsbury has this reputation of starting hot and really drifting down uh, toward the end of the season. So I'm not going to outsmart myself, Pritch. This is one of those I'm going to be with America's probably public teaser of the week here. I like taking <laughs> Dallas down to a pick them. Uh, they open around, you know, some shops. I think the look at was only laying like three, but they're all the way up to minus six. Their offense is really churning right now. I'd take them down to a pick them, and I'd be more confident in Dallas in that teaser spot than I would be on Arizona right now. They're just tough to back yeah. what you're seeing on, on film right now. I mean, Rich. Dallas is playing so well, too, on both sides of the ball. Really, all three phases. Okay, they're in um, – um, room or, or in within reach of this number one overall seed situation too, depending on what the Packers and what happens there, obviously. Uh, and then you got the Cardinals though, who's clinched a playoff appearance uh, and they are fading. Uh, but the lack of confidence the last three weeks too, you wonder if they're going to try to put something together uh, to build on it. All right. Like let, let's not just coast into the playoffs, even though we've qualified. Uh, we we got to correct some things. Rodney Hudson, the center is going to be back uh, for this offense. I believe uh, so, I mean, that's something to look forward to, too, if they can get him back in the mix uh, up there for that offensive line and protect Kyler Murray. Yeah, and I wouldn't fault anyone for grabbing the points here. I mean, you're kind of on the key number of six. It's an inflated line based, based on the look ahead. You have some systems with road dogs plus six or less do very, doing very well. But to me, Pritch, this time of year, you got to keep in mind that week 17 historically, and we have 18 weeks now, mm-hmm. but favorites tend to do very well late in the year. Yeah. They tick up to around 52% when they're regularly only around like 49, 50%. So to me, I have much more confidence. And really, the play is on this Dallas uh, offense, really, you know, scoring a lot lately. Cardinals really can't. Uh, can't score really pr- pretty much at all. I'd tease down Dallas. To me, that's one of your best teaser plays of the week. I mean, really all year, the Dallas Cowboys, our offense has been one of the better offenses in the league. I mean, I, I think uh, we had the opinion, or some people did, and in, in, in the Dallas Cowboys thinking that they've, they've stumbled a- along the way. Uh, Dak Prescott, he's off. He he's, uh, can't be an accurate passer. I mean, what's going on? I mean, a lot of questions surrounding the Cowboys, but if you look at it, they're still one of the better offenses in the league this year. They really are. And I would look maybe toward the under pitch. You know, it kind of has been hovering around 51. Some mm-hmm. shops where I saw 52 down to 51. But you've seen a lot of these low scoring games recently. Arizona isn't putting up uh, many points here. And if you do look at uh, when the total is 50 or higher, the under is 54% this year. So I would lean under. But to me, that's a that's a no-brainer teaser play, which probably means it's going to lose. <laughs> anytime you really love a teaser. All right. Great uh, market insights right there, as always. Uh, biggest line moves of the week so far here for Week 17. Come up next on the program, Mark Zeno, host of Point spread Saturday. Uh, we have college football playoffs semifinals. It's coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. This segment of Betting Across America is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Winter Green, Citrus, and many more. Each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, which is America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head over to zen.com slash find to locate a near store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host today, and happy to bring on to the program Mark Zeno, host of Point Spread Saturday. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Zeno. Mark, how are you? Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me on a beautiful college football day. <laughs> Absolutely. Excited. So excited about that we're getting these bowl games and sorry, so excited about the uh, semifinals about to start tomorrow. Uh, get your thoughts on this game. Let's start with Cincinnati. Both the games, really. Cincinnati and Bama. Uh, Cincinnati's catching 13.5 points right now. The total's 57.5 as well. Now, I went back and researched Cincinnati. Uh, you know, last year in 2020, they had three players on the Thorpe uh, watch list. Forrest, Wiggins, and cornerback uh, Ahmad Gardner. Uh, so here comes Kobe Bryant. Uh, he wins the Thorpe Award. My, my question to you is about that secondary in two years in a row, uh, a great defense out there for the Bearcats. Can Bryce Young have success against that secondary without his top receiver? Well, I think the question is, will they have to, guys? I mean, if you look at the game plan that Nick Saban devised against Georgia in the SEC championship game, he just kept a lot of short passes, worked away from Georgia's defense, made Bryce Young get rid of the ball quickly. In this matchup here against Cincinnati, the game plan should be to rely as heavy as you can on the run game. I mean, look at the Alabama offensive line, who all those dudes are over 300 pounds, versus the Cincinnati defensive front, where all those dudes average about 260. They could clearly just push this team around up front and boss them into a way, into a game that they can't play. I just don't know if there's a reason to have to overuse Bryce Young. Sure, you're going to use him. Sure, you're going to make him a big part of what you do because he's the Heisman Trophy winner and the best quarterback theoretically in college football. But you can just put a, put together a game plan, guys, where they can push Cincinnati, Cincinnati around up front. And I'm not sure that the Bearcats have the muscle enough to go up against them. And once you start wearing down that defensive front, it'll open up things against those cornerbacks in the second half where Bryce Young could really take advantage. I think Saban will go to that game plan more than he will have Bryce Young drop back 35, 40 times in this game and have him throw against the best cornerbacks in the country. Mark, it's great to see you once again. Let's uh, let's flip over to that other bit game, the big game here, Georgia-Michigan, the 7:30 game tomorrow night. Now, what's intriguing to me is uh, public doesn't want to lay the points with Georgia. They kind of saw what happened in that game against Alabama, where Georgia was favored by six. They end up getting rolled there, and Michigan playing great right now. You would have Michigan. Uh, the one thing that kind of scares me is Michigan's a big public play. They're getting about 74% of bets at BetMGM. Uh, but if you look at correlative betting, when you're a dog seven and a half in a pretty low total game, 45 and a half. Uh, that's going to be tougher for Georgia to cover that number. You kind of like those dog low total spots. So what's your take on this one, Mark? Is it, you know, grab the points here, the plus seven half with Michigan, or is it, hey, maybe Georgia uh, learned something from that lost Alabama and maybe they're the play uh, tomorrow night? 
Well, full disclosure, before championship weekend, I put down money on a ticket for Michigan to win the whole thing at plus 750. So <laughs> I'm kind of invested in the Wolverines at this point. However, comma, as a guy who lives here in Atlanta, I was trying to hedge a little bit with Georgia making it to the national championship game as the one seed where Georgia and Michigan wouldn't face each other to the finals. So I am where I am right now. But here's the thing, guys. I can't eliminate the recency bias and you know you have to when you're doing betting betting and handicapping is to eliminate stuff like that but i can't get out of my head the way georgia was pushed around i think there's an argument to be made that michigan's defense is the best defense in the college football playoff right now at least they're playing that way and they're the most consistent defense in the college football playoff that we've seen from that standpoint i have a hard time ignoring what michigan's defense can do to georgia's offense when really pushed I just am worried that Georgia's offense won't be creative enough. They won't take enough shots down the field. They won't open things up enough to try to force Michigan into uncomfortable spots defensively. And from that standpoint, again, I just it's hard for me not to take the points at Michigan. I get how much of a public play they are at this point. And I believe that this number might even steam back to eight, uh, maybe even eight and a half by the time kickoff rolls around. But still, uh, Michigan objectively at this point to me feels like the better team in the right play. You know, Mark, uh, a couple of questions real quick. Uh, one, what happened, in your estimation, what happened with Georgia in that SEC championship game? And then on the other side, there's an injury uh, situation with Daxton Hill, uh, a safety for Michigan. I mean, I don't know if that depletes their defense in the secondary. I think they probably have quality depth there. Uh, but those couple of questions right there in regards to this game. Well, let's start with the Michigan secondary one. They may not have an issue because if their front four and Aiden Hutchinson can get home the way they have all season long, it's not going to matter who's on the back end. Mm. Stetson Bennett's not going to have enough time to get rid of the ball. And so when you look at it that way, it's a real question of what will Todd Munkin, the OC for Georgia, do to be able to, to protect his quarterback long enough for that safety situation to matter. And then conversely, on Georgia's side, what happened? They went up against a team that was as talented as they were. I mean, you can't get mad at Georgia for blowing out everybody on their schedule and beating them up the way they did. I'm not going to say necessarily they were lesser opponents. They just weren't as good nor as talented as Alabama, and they certainly weren't as well coached as Alabama. And so I, I think Georgia is in for a chess match where the decided advantage is with Nick Saban over Kirby Smart, who has yet to beat his daddy any time that they've played each other. So if Nick Saban is the, is the sort of, you know, handicap that you're putting on both sides of this, he's got a clear edge and it's hard to bet against him. Mark, let's transition over to some of these New Year's Day games. One in particular I want to get your take on Iowa and Kentucky. Now, one thing a lot of bettors have been looking at uh, this bowl game season is kind of just betting against teams with opt-outs. You saw it yesterday with Clemson uh, beating Iowa State with no Brees Hall. Big one here for the Citrus Bowl is Iowa's running back Tyler Goodson. He's going to miss this game. He's sitting it out getting ready for the NFL draft. We did see a big move here toward Kentucky. You know, some of these shops opened actually Iowa laying one and a half. Now it slipped all the way to Kentucky minus three. Is this a, hey, go with Kentucky because Iowa's missing their best player? Or do you think Iowa and Ference in that program at plus three could have some value? Which inept offense do you trust more, gentlemen? I mean, that's really what this boils down to. This is not going to be a very high-scoring game. And what I've learned from watching Iowa this year is that Spencer Petras, the quarterback for the Hawkeyes, is not going to score a lot of points, period. Kentucky's defense is good, one of the better ones in the SEC. And I would put a middle-of-the-road SEC defense up against every Big Ten defense, pretty much save Michigan and possibly Ohio State. Other than that, the rest of the defenses in the conference are as good as every middle-of-the-road SEC defense. I put Kentucky above them. I give the edge to the Wildcats here. I just don't know that Iowa has enough offensive firepower. And if you're getting Chris Rodriguez, the running back for Kentucky, to be able to do what he normally does, and that's run the rock really, really well, I think Kentucky controls the entire pace of the game.
Mark, what about the Rose Bowl? We got Utah happy to be here, uh, certainly celebrating the fact that they're still there. Uh, incredible team, too, from what they've gone through this year off the field. Uh, and then Ohio State, opt-outs you mentioned before. Uh, I don't know if Ohio State even wants to be uh, participating in this uh, football game. We'll see, though. Uh, they're laying three and a half against the Utes. My initial reaction to this game was the over. And I haven't seen anything to deter me off that, even though that, uh, that Ohio State has had an opt-out with one of their top wide receivers. I just think points are going to be scored, and they're going to be scored in bunches in this thing. You're getting a total at around, what, 66 and a half, somewhere in that range, 67, depending on when you got it. Uh, I think both of these teams can get into the 30s. Utah's offense, although a little bit more of the ground and pound, wants to do it on the ground and run things, that's a little bit, you know, sort of cautious for me because they'll slow the pace down. But if Ohio State's offense does what they're expected to do, being the best offense in the country, or at least the highest scoring offense in the country, and they force Utah to throw a little bit more than they want to, I think both of these teams can score. The over is still the play for me. Mark, one more cap, we can get it from you. Any thoughts on the Outback Bowl, Penn State and Arkansas? You've actually seen a lot of opt-outs on both sides, but it feels like the Penn State opt-outs are, are bigger and more meaningful. We had a lot of these shops open, actually Penn State laying floor, uh, laying four points. It's flipped all the way to Arkansas, minus two. I'm even seeing some minus two and a halves here. Uh, your take on this one is, again, is this a theme that you're looking at betting against these teams with opt-outs, and do you like Arkansas here? I do like Arkansas. It's a motivation factor, guys. Sam Pittman... It's important for him to get a bowl win under his belt, right? For as quickly as he's turned that program around, at least the perception is, to put a bowl win on his resume this early as the head coach of Arkansas after a nine-win season in the SEC is a very nice cherry on top for him, not only from a coaching resume standpoint, but from a recruiting standpoint. I don't know that Penn State necessarily has the uh, want to to be in this game or win this game as much as Arkansas does. doesn't mean as much to Penn State once their national title hopes are dashed, plus the Penn State offense is very, very uh, bad. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> it sputters. I tried to find a nicer word, but, you know, they, I came up short on that one, much like the Penn State offense will against Arkansas. I love the Razorbacks here. Woo pig. All right there. Mark Zeno, host of Point Spread Saturday. <laughs> Tune in to that. Also follow him on Twitter at Mark Zeno. Mark, outstanding. Thanks a lot for your time again. Thanks, gentlemen. Enjoy the, enjoy the bowls. You too. You do the same. Good luck with all your plays as well. I mean, Josh Applebaum, uh, Mark was on fire right there. A, a lot of great information too. Uh, so for Bama to run the ball successfully, is Brian Robinson Jr. going to lean on that guy? Uh, I, I think they can get it. He's a thousand-yard rusher. Uh, he's happy about this moment uh, and this opportunity too to run rock uh, for Bama. Yeah, and I'm really looking at what's the next move, Pritch. Do we tick up to 14? That yeah. will give you some Alabama evidence. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, me too. I mean, just outstanding information right there. Again, uh, at Mark Zeno on Twitter. Uh, we're going to dive into some teasers. I got information to provide to the audience from the teaser syndicate. Uh, that's coming up next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on New Year's Day. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any sport to win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy the holiday like never before and score big with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets when you bet on any sport on New Year's Day. 
Start the year off right and discover why there's nothing like a win at BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 uh, to wager. It's a new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-GAMBLER if you feel that you have a gambling problem. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Welcome back to the show. It's Benning Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum uh, with you today. So the debate continues whether we wanted to give the secrets to the syndicate. Uh, but we are. We are. I, I could, you know, I talked to the fellas and, and OK, they give out a little information when it comes to teasers. But seriously, Josh, I mean, teasers are interesting because we always have that question uh, in situations with games, whether you tease a favorite down or you tease a dog up. Right. Depending on the situ- situation and the number uh, school of thought, certainly. Uh, when you're looking at uh, teasers, um, you want to look at low totals for sure. If you're looking to t- uh, tease a dog up, perhaps uh, that's from the syndicate. Uh, that's something that we like to do when it comes to teasers. Uh, but six to seven point favorites, Josh, uh, what do you like to do when it comes to teasers? I know you've been uh, talking about playing more and more teasers as we end the year here in the National Football League. Yeah, so it's funny, Pritch, you know, in the newsletter and on the Market Insights podcast, I've been leaning on a lot of teasers and I do this alt alt, uh, you know, the end of the year, because uh, I think there's a lot of factors at play where we kind of know, like, who the good teams are, who the bad teams are and where yeah. the motivation lies. So I'm right there with you. Uh, and again, I don't do it all year long, but to me, kind of my, my and I'm trying to get my uh, my invite to the teaser syndicate, Pritch, I got to keep <laughs> proving my worth and, you know, I'll, I'll carry your, your shoulder pads, whatever it takes to get an invite. But um, I, I'm with you, you know, teasing dogs up. To me, though, with teasers, I really only try to go through multiple key numbers. I mean, this is an obvious thing. Adam Burke does a great job talking about this and Burke's blurbs in the newsletter in the morning, uh, visa.com slash newsletter. But, for example, taking a dog plus two and a half to plus eight and a half, go through three, go through seven, a four and a half dog up to ten and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, we talked about the Cowboys six down to a pick to me, again, you're only going through like a, a key number of three there. But if you have a lot of systems on dogs, like dog matches, whether it's a divisional dog, dog low total, primetime dog, all the ones that have been doing profitable and doing well this year, and you can also just get that key number and bring it up, to me, that's how I lean on teasers. And again, two and a half or four and a half, taking those dogs up, that's really where I lean with teasers. Right. I mean, looking at these favorites uh, right here on the board, I mean, you got the Cowboys up to six points now. Uh, that's a potential teaser situation. We talked about that game already. Uh, the Colts back up to uh, minus six and a half, laying that against the Raiders uh, after the opportunity to catch them uh, laying two points uh, <laughs> on the heels of the COVID news. The COVID volatility strikes again right there. Um, the Bears in their situation against the Giants, they're laying six points. Uh, you know, these are teaser situations that six to seven point favorites uh, in which you, you can look at teasing uh, the favorites down. But like, for instance, with the Bears, do I feel confident about teasing them down or actually taking the other side and teasing the Giants up because of what the Bears are right now? So I was just going to say, Pritch, another thing when it comes to teasers is if you're going to tease a dog up, do it in a, uh, you know, kind of a, a divisional matchup, or I know this isn't a divisional matchup, but kind of an inflated number. Like, okay. for example, you know, Bears open. I saw a lot of shops open like four and a half. Now it's up to six. Also look at the juice when you're looking at teasers. Like if this was really juiced up like Bears minus six, minus 120, like it's going to six and a half, and maybe that'll happen later in the week. But a lot of these plus sixes are really juiced up toward the Giants side. So mm-hmm. to me, if it's a question of bringing down the Bears or bringing up the Giants, I know it's disgusting sweating from and, and Glennon and all these backups, and it feels like the Giants are terrible. But to me, I'd tease the Giants up, you know, and get to 12 if you can, because there's juice back toward the G-men where it may get down to five and a half 
And if you can go through the seven, go through the 10, I'd have more confidence teasing that dog up. And again, that's exactly what we're talking about. Pritch, the total in that game right. is 37. So your syndicate there, I wonder <laughs> if this is on their card, teasing up the G-men this weekend. Uh, you know what? It's, it's, it's up for discussion, that's for sure. I, I know that for a fact. And what you just said, I mean, you might get an invite in the mail along with that buff uh, hoodie that you received uh, because that, you're right. I mean, that just goes with the parameters that we look at, certainly with the syndicate. I mean, 37 and a half, the low total, uh, and a chance to tease the Giants up in this one as opposed to uh, teasing the, the Bears down. You know, I mean, I, I have my former team teaser that's cashed uh, two times out of three. Uh, proud of that situation for sure. But, I mean, those got to be ideal situations. So uh, I think it's an interesting discussion, too. The Chargers right now laying six and a half points. Uh, for the Broncos, against the Broncos, too. So uh, other situations right there, both are coming back from, from COVID. I mean, that's something else to factor in to these teaser situations as well. Yeah, and I also think looking at late movement, Pritch, again, we talk about all the time, but for example, like early right. in the week, Denver looked like they were kind of sharp. Like a lot of these books open, you know, Chargers laying six, got down to five and a half. You had a lot of COVID issues with the Chargers. But over the last couple days or so, uh, 24, 48 hours, a lot of movement back toward the Chargers here. They're now mm -hmm. up to six and a half. So, you know, to me, if you're playing the conventional spread, I would lean Broncos as a divisional dog, you know, kind of a low total play. But you could kind of get me on maybe the Chargers getting them down to minus half point. Uh, that way, obviously, with all these COVID guys coming back, you just have to worry about winning the game. But again, I think with teasers, don't just approach a teaser saying, hey, I'll get more points on a dog or I'll lay less on a favorite. And that's why I'm doing it. Really think about it and try to go through multiple key numbers. Look at the total correlative betting wise and try to make the most informed decision as you can instead of just saying, hey, let me just get more points, dog, low point, low point or uh, lowest number for a favorite. There's really more thought that goes into it. OK, we're at the end of the season, regular season anyway, Josh, and teams have distinguished themselves. And so BetMGM has some NFL parlays. Let's take a look at these. Uh, in regards to would you rather, I mean, I know you're not a parlay guy, um, <laughs> but yet these are pretty attractive. Would you rather, I mean, you got the Chargers, 49ers, and the Cowboys all to win as plus 125. The Bills, Bears, and Chiefs all to win plus 130. Look at the Bengals, Titans, and Colts parlay all to win plus 525. Uh, to round out the list here, we got the Patriots, Buccaneers, Eagles, and Rams all to win plus 200. That plus 525 is interesting right there, though. The Bengals at home against the Chiefs, the Titans, the Dolphins uh, in their matchup, and then the Colts and the Raiders in their matchup. Yeah, so to me, Pritch, I would look maybe at that that Patriots one, the Patriots, Bucks, Eagles, Rams, uh, plus 200. Okay. Obviously, the lowest payout means it's the most likely to happen. So in this case, the Chargers, Niners, Cowboys one would, would be probably the most likely one. Well, but the Patriots, obviously, you know, you're considering that a win. If they can't beat the Jaguars with a ton of COVID and, uh, you know, a, a new coach here, I think you got bigger issues there. Uh, you also look at uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, they're laying a big number. Uh, to me, I would lean on, uh, on that last one there, plus 200. But to your point, you know, I'm a teaser guy when mm -hmm. it comes to going through multiple key numbers in the NFL. And really, it's just the two-team six-point teaser. Uh, again, trying to get minus 120 or less. Parlays, though, I'm definitely not on the parlay bandwagon. They're fun to talk about. But again, extensive research has shown that the odds makers and the books make a killing off of parlays, kind of like the penny slot, and the better is really up against it. So again, you want to throw a $5 bet on it for some Big Mac money, Pritch, as we always joke about. <laughs> All the power to you. I hope you win. But just pick your spots when it comes to parlays. To me, I'm much more of a flat individual game better. Okay, yeah, and those parlays are available right now. Again, like we said, uh, Bedham Gym have those plays up right there uh, if you want to partake. The Market Insights podcast, again, you can listen to our show and other shows from VSIN uh, on uh, vsin.com slash podcast. But your Market Insights podcast, Josh, each and every day, what would you have for us today? 
Well, got a lot here, Pritch. See if we can get in before the show ends. I told you I placed my first NFL uh, bet this week. It's on the Miami Dolphins, Pritch. I think you're getting a good number right now if you're getting Dolphins plus three and a half. Public is all over Tennessee. Uh, they're getting about uh, three out of four bets across the market. But they opened three and a half. They've stayed three and a half. Even though they're the popular bet, you kind of had some line freeze action. Uh, and then really based on the juice, I think this thing's getting down to three, Pritch. A lot of these plus three and a halves are minus 115. Like the line is moving toward Miami. So I jumped on the hook. Dolphins plus three and a half. Yeah. Conference dogs, seven or less, 63% ATS this year. Uh, there's also be, uh, you know, dog low total game, 40, uh, 40 points uh, total here. So I took Miami three and a half. That was my first bet of the week. Uh, Pritch also wanted to mention and give a shout out to on Twitter, uh, my guy Rick, rpate uh, 99 He gave us some more information here on that late game for uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's moving as we speak. When we started the show, Pritch, Wisconsin mm -hmm. tonight was laying seven. They just went up to minus seven and a half. Looks like they may even get to minus eight. Uh, it looks like you're going to have a lot of guys out for Arizona State. Uh, they're down their top two running backs, their top two corners, uh, eight starters overall. If you like Wisconsin, you want to bet against opt-outs, this might be the time right now to pounce at seven and a half. By the time this gets to, what is it, Pritch? I think it's a 10 o'clock game, 10.30 game. 10.30 Eastern. This make it up to 8, 9. Yeah, I would look at Wisconsin now before this thing flies away. So those opt-outs are happening right now for Arizona State. Yes, that, wow. and again, because it, it ticked up, and I'm like, what's going on? So again, dear God, can we just get a huge playoff bracket? The way you solve these opt-outs, Pritch, is get rid of these, uh, and again, I love bowl games, but mm -hmm. if these are games that are meaningful, no one's going to opt out. I think that's your answer to all these opt-outs. Let's get a big bracket going. Yeah, we're talking about opt-outs. Uh in Vegas, though. I mean, these guys have been here uh, a few days, Josh. So I mean, you're right. Seven and a half, and it's moving. I mean, uh, you're the market insights guy. You think this uh, line can go even higher? I think it could go higher. And again, it's tough. Wisconsin, not a great offensive team. But hey, if, if Arizona is down and they've got a lot of guys out, I'd be leaning Wisconsin. All right. Uh, great information, as always, right there, Josh. Uh, enjoy the day. Good luck. Appreciate it, Pritch. Good luck tonight. Thank you very much. The Edge coming up next right here on v the Sports Betting Network.